Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on being counseled by God, and this is lesson number 10. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about rebuking inferiority. It's a problem that a lot of people deal with, it's a problem that a lot of Christians deal with, and we have to be able to overcome it, um, because if we don't, then we can kind of leave ourselves wide open to attacks of the enemy, and we leave ourselves susceptible to things such as doubt, sometimes fear, worry, anxiety, and a lot of other things. And so tonight we're going to talk about how exactly we are going to go about rebuking the inferiority that we uh, sometimes face. But let's open up with a word of prayer, and then let's get into our content. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord God, uh, for everything that you do for us. We praise you, Lord, that no matter what it is we face, you have a plan. We praise you, Lord God, that in the darkest valley, we can say, surely I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. We praise you, Lord God, for always being among us, for always being within us, for always causing us to go where you want us to go, for always leading us and guiding us. We give you praise. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would anoint these people's ears to hear, anoint their hearts to receive, and anoint my lips to speak. Father, I pray that that through this teaching that someone would come out stronger, that someone would be able to identify a root cause of inferiority in their own lives and deal with it, Lord God, so that they can serve you at a greater and higher capacity to reach their fullest potential in service to your kingdom. And may you have all the glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. And all God's children said, amen and amen. All right, so, of course, if you're going to deal with something, the first thing you have to do is identify it, right? Um, They often say that recognition is the first step to correction. And so we have to figure out where inferiority ultimately comes from. And so I'm going to offer you a couple of causes, if you will, of inferiority, and we're going to look at them um, as according to scripture, we're going to look at these. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to go through and give you the all of the scripture verses at the end, like I usually do. Um, so you want to take notes, and, and the reason that I want to do the scriptures at the end is to draw your focus at the end, um, because I know that sometimes whenever we do scripture after scripture after scripture throughout a teaching, sometimes you'll want to um, look a little bit deeper into one scripture. I know this because I'm guilty of it myself. Um, and, And so instead of giving you all of the scriptures as we go, I want you to focus on what we're talking about, and then focus on the scriptures. Um, And then as as God leads you to search them deeper, then you can do that at a later time. But I want to make sure that we're very clear um, as we go through this teaching. And again, these last couple lessons are going to be relatively short in comparison to some of the others, and that's okay, um, because I truly believe that God is going to make a difference in somebody's life just, just in these... Uh, short moments that we have together. So some causes of inferiority. The first one that I'm going to give you is wrong comparisons. 
And what does that mean to us as believers? Well, sometimes we can compare one another and we'll compare ourselves to another and we'll say, well, you know, I, I don't preach as well as they preach. Well, is that, a, is that a good comparison? Are you called to preach or are you called to teach? Are you called to preach or are you called to evangelize? Um, sometimes uh, one, of, one of the biggest ones, I don't pray as well as that person prays. Well, let me tell you what. If you can pray and it starts with Lord Jesus and it ends with amen, God hears it, God honors it, it, and, and some people, I understand it. Uh, some people sound very comfortable when they pray. Some people can can just go like a horse in a race. I mean, the as soon as they say, Dear Lord, it's like the gates open and they are off. And, and they just pray and pray and pray. And everything that the Lord lays on their heart just comes out of their mouth. And for others, prayer can be, you know, a Dear Lord with a long pause and sometimes a sigh, sometimes a tear. And and that's okay. We can't compare the way that I pray to the way that you pray. We can't compare the way that I preach to the way that you preach, the way that I teach to the way that you teach. That's a wrong comparison. Why? Because we're all called to different things. We're all at different walks, uh, stages in our walk with with Christ, and and so things look a little bit different for each person, um, based on where we're at with God. Another cause of uh, inferiority, as we deal with it, is the lack of biblical understanding—a lack of understanding of one biblical principle that we are created in God's image to reign in submission to Him. Let me say that again. A cause of inferiority, a lack of understanding of this biblical principle that we are created in God's image to reign in submission to him. What does this mean? Okay, well, you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about, um, we, we talked about how it is that, that we should be created in God's image. Maybe this was a sermon that I preached and I'm getting confused. Uh, it, it's hard. Uh, it, it can be difficult for me to remember, but most of, most of the people that are um, taking this course also tune into my Sunday sermons, so I'm, I'm going to get away with this. But we talk about being created in God's image, being created in God's likeness. And when we have an understanding of this principle... God created us to be like him. And I'm remembering now this was a sermon that I preached. It wasn't one of the counseled by God lessons, but that's okay. Let me expound on it. God created us. And and so in Genesis, when he talks about creation, God said, let us create man in our image. Our image. Why? Because God is a three-part God. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He created man even in a three-part being. We are body, soul, and spirit. And, and so when we come to a solid understanding that we are created in God's image, 
And we are created in that image in order that we could reign in submission to him. Then we will ultimately begin to overcome some inferiority. But we'll struggle with inferiority when we, when we look around and say, I'm, I'm just not, I, I don't measure up. That was from a Counseled by God lesson, remember? Um, when we talked a little bit about some of the things that the devil will throw on us. Um, we, we look and we say, I don't measure up. This must not be what God wanted for me. I, I don't understand how I'm created in God's image. How could God create something like this? No, you have to have a solid understanding. If you take one thing and one thing only away from tonight's lesson, let it be this. You are created in God's image to reign in submission to him. Okay, um, but when we lack that understanding, we open the door to inferiority. And then a third cause, and I'll leave it at these three. A third cause is living superficially, not living in the depth of relationship with Christ. And so we live when we live superficially, when we live just on the surface, everything at surface level always looks decent, right? But when you get in to deep-rooted things, sometimes that's where ugly things start to come out. Um, when, when you get into some of the deeper parts of your spirit and you, you go down deep with God and you find that you're harboring bitterness, you're harboring unforgiveness, you're, uh, you, you've got a deep-rooted soul tie that's ungodly, there can be a lot of things below the surface that don't look good. And those things will subconsciously come back and get you um, to feel inferior. And so when we live at that superficial level and everything looks just right, well, naturally then we're going to feel a little inferior because why? Somebody's house is bigger than ours. Somebody's car is shinier than ours. Somebody, um, you know, has a better haircut than ours. I don't know. There, there's always those little superficial things that'll want to pick at us. But when you live in the depth, when you, when you live in a deep-rooted relationship with Christ you're less likely to succumb to inferiority in part because you're walking at a deep level and you're not looking at the earthly things. And in part, when you're walking that close with God, you're not comparing yourself with others and top it off, put the icing on the cake. When you're walking that close with God, you can see how you are made in God's image. Okay? So those are the three causes of inferiority, wrong comparisons, um, not understanding that you're created in God's image, and then living on the surface or living superficially. So how do we overcome these feelings, these feelings of inferiority? Well, I'm going to give you the three-step solution. Step one, give it over to God and actually do it. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that I've uh, had the opportunity to pray with somebody and I'll say, did you give the problem over to God? Yes. Okay. 
and would pray about it. And no more than pray about it. And it comes right back up. And I said, wait a minute. You told me that you gave that problem over to God. Well, I did. Then why are you bringing it up? Well, I don't know. I just, I still am not over it. We'll give it to God. Okay? So when you when you fully hand something over to God, this, this is kind of going to piggyback off of forgiveness that we talked about last week. When you give it over to God, it's out of your court. You don't handle it again. You let God handle it. Just like forgiveness. When you truly have forgiven, you never bring the matter up again. You just allow God to deal with it. And you can bring it up with one exception, and that is to testify. Okay, so give give whatever it is completely 100% over to God. Step two, repent of your wrong comparison. Somewhere along the way, if you're dealing with inferiority, you probably made a wrong comparison somewhere. I don't, I don't look like this person. I don't think like this person. I don't read as well. I don't pray as well. I don't sing as well. Stop that. <laughs> That's all I can say about that is stop that. It's, it's not for us to do that. We all have our own giftings. We all have our own callings. Um, I, I may not do something as well as you do it. And if that's the case, then the chances are I'm not gifted in that area. And so I'm going to choose not to let it bother me. And I'm not going to make the comparison that says I can't do it as well as you. I may state that as a fact, but I won't let it become burdensome to me. Okay, and then step three to overcome these, these feelings of inferiority. You have to proclaim his blessings and promises. What does that look like? Well, this looks like um, those, those times when everything goes wrong. And, well, let's, let's use a, a thick example. Remember that we're taught in Scripture, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That leaves no exception. That means everybody that has been born into this earth, this this fallen life, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Okay? But what do we do when we have sinned? Do we allow the sin to eat us alive? Well, sometimes. And that's that's allowing the devil to beat us up with guilt, and that's allowing... Um, that, that goes back a few lessons to true and false guilt. Um, we will sometimes have that true guilt that needs to um, kind of spur at us a little bit and cause us then to come to a full repentance. And then we'll sometimes have false guilt after the repentance and the devil keeps throwing it up in your face saying, yeah, remember that? You did that. Hey, you did that. You're not worthy. But proclaim... His blessings and promises. What's that sound like? I want you to say this out loud right after me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
That is one of the greatest blessings and promises that I can even begin to imagine that is noted to us in Scripture. The fact that we would live in a world that is completely fallen, a world that that God had to flood because of the wickedness. We live in this world that is full of sin, and yet God loves us to the point that we can say, I am. Remember that I am is a name of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When when you use the words I am, remember this. You proclaim the name of God over yourself. I am well. I am whole. I am healed. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what proclaiming his blessings sounds like. And if you have not made a practice of that, I want to I wanna give you this challenge. Every day for the next week, I want you to remind yourself, look yourself in the mirror, right in the eyes, and tell yourself this week, every single day, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Proclaim it. Proclaim it with authority. Why? Because my God, your God, has such authority. It takes one word to proceed from his mouth and things will change in an instant. Mm. Can you feel the Holy Ghost moving? Because I can. Proclaim his blessings. This this is how we're going to get over the hump of inferiority. Give it over to God. Repent and proclaim. So now we have to know how to identify ourselves. This is going to piggyback right off of proclaiming the blessings. How do you identify yourself? Well, oftentimes we identify ourselves through what we do. We'll say, well, you know, I'm... I'm a manager, I'm a nurse, I'm a preacher, I'm a homemaker, I'm a mill worker, I'm a lineman, uh, you name it. Um, you, can, you can run it down the line. And, and they're, we're, we're going to call those worldly identifiers. Okay, they're not wrong. Okay, you, um, keep, keep that in mind, it's not wrong to identify yourself by profession but identify yourself as a child of God when you first and foremost identify yourself as a child of God everything else can follow suit but you see you might be a manager you might be a nurse a dairy farmer I don't know what you are you might be all these things But before you're any of those, you are a child of God. And so if you're a child of God, then 
then what can you say of yourself? I'm chosen, not forsaken. You can say that because the scripture tells you to say that. You can say, I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I'm a royal generation, a a chosen priesthood. It's in the scripture. Because I'm a child of God, I am free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Because I'm a child of God, I am well. That's right. Because I'm a child of God, I am well. Why? Because he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Because I'm a child of God. Because I'm a child of God, I am who he says I am. Amen? I am who he says I am. And if there's one thing that I wish I could teach the entire world to have an understanding of. It is, let no man, let not one person who walks this earth identify you as anything before they first identify you as a child of God. That's what I would, that if I had it my way, I would teach the entire world To let no one identify them as anything until they first are identified as a child of God. Because that is the most important identifier. You serve a risen Savior. Think of this. Jesus hung on a cross with a thief on each side of him. And and one thief chose to say... If you are who you say you are, get us down from here, right? Do something about this. He mocked. And the other was was humble enough to say, Jesus, remember me when you go to your Father's kingdom. And Jesus said back in reply, This day you shall be with me in paradise. He was identified in that moment as a child of God for being humble and showing faith to say, Just remember me. Just remember me. That's all he said. And Jesus spoke it over him. In saying, today you shall be with me in paradise, Jesus said, this day your name becomes child of God. You are free because the Son set you free. Amen. So you got to know how to identify yourself. These are the scriptures that I want to leave you with uh, for this lesson. And don't forget that challenge either. I want you to to really take that challenge to heart and I want you to really um, actually do it. Look yourself in the mirror every day for one week and proclaim it over yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right?
And so I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures. We're going we're gonna to walk out with four scriptures to uh, take and study a little bit deeper this week. Uh, the first two are going to both come from the same chapter. Uh, first is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I'll read them from the New International Version. It says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does this teach us? How, how, does, how does this apply to inferiority? Well, the biggest part of that scripture is teaching us that we have to take every one of our thoughts that crosses through our mind, we, we have to take it and, and test it and put it in a holding pen, if you will, and we got to do something with it, okay? So a thought comes, you're no child of God, no, you, you messed up, you sinned. You're not a child of God. God would, God would never call you his child. You did that. Take that thought captive and send it back to where it came from. Take that thought captive and proclaim over yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you will not, devil, you will not talk to me like that. Take every thought captive. And then... From the same uh, chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want you to look at the second half of verse 12. And it says this, When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Then look at the whole verse. Go back to the beginning of verse 12. We do not dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. What is this forbidding us to do? This is, this is the forbidding statement of wrong comparison. Do not measure yourselves against yourselves. Okay? When, when you see that you're good at something, don't rub it in somebody's face. When you see that you're not as good at something and someone else is, remember we talked about yielding our gifts to one another. This is how a body functions, right? The pinky would not make a very good thumb because the pinky is thin and weak. You see, you see how that, that kind of goes hand in hand, no pun intended there. Um, but, but the pinky would not make a good thumb. And likewise, the thumb would not make a good pinky. You can't compare, the, the pinky can't compare itself to the thumb because they serve two different roles. But one without the other could get into a world of hurt. If you have, if you have a pinky but you have no thumb, you're going to have a harder time picking something up. The hand needs both parts. The body of Christ needs you doing what you're called to do, and the body of Christ needs that person doing what that person's called to do. So don't compare yourselves with yourselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves by themselves, 
They are not wise. And if you are not wise, what does that leave you to be? Foolish. You don't want to fall into that. Next, go to the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, turn to chapter 8. And we want to go down to verse 36. And it says this, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And you just heard me say that a couple minutes ago. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Proclaim that. Because you know what? If you've said the prayer of salvation, if you're walking the the narrow path, you're walking with God, you're living a life for God, you are set free. You're no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer living in captivity. No, you are set free. You are set free. That one can be kind of hard to swallow because sometimes we think that we don't deserve to be free. But Jesus thought enough to lay down his life. And then the the final scripture, which again you heard me um, talk about just a few minutes ago. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Listen to this. You are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Take that verse. I want you to write that verse down. And every time a a doubt or, or some lurking inferiority comes, remind yourself that you are God's special possession special do you have do you have a special possession most people do for some it's it's a diamond ring a wedding band for some it's um, it's it's an antique family heirloom we have prized possessions something that's special to us and and usually that special possession that prized possession If something happened to it, we would be devastated. Remember that when God looks at you, he sees his special possession. If something happened to it, he'd be devastated. You are God's chosen people, his royal priesthood, holy nation, God's own special possession. Your duty in this life to declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So here's your journaling exercise for the week. And I know I've left you with kind of a lot to do in terms of quote unquote homework for the week um, with, with the proclamation challenge of reminding yourself exactly who you are in Christ Jesus. And... Um, writing out the scripture to remind yourself that you are God's special possession, to remind yourself that you are free, and to remind yourself that you don't compare yourself to another. But here's your journaling exercise. Dear Lord, what wrong comparisons have I made? Let him answer and then ask this. Lord, 
What are your thoughts about me? What are your thoughts about me? I will not make fun of you if you cry when when the Lord begins to answer you and begins to speak his thoughts over you. It's a humbling thing. But know this. God loved you enough to give his one and only, his only begotten son to lay down his life for you. So God, what are your thoughts about me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. Lord, I pray that that as we bring this to a close, that you would begin to work in the hearts of your children. I pray, Father, that they would um, that they would look and see where you are in their lives. I pray, Lord, that they would look and see how you're working. But Father, I pray that you would show them just how deep your love is. Father, as they come into your presence to seek you regarding comparisons made and regarding what you think of them, Father, I pray that you would speak wonderful goodness into their spirits. Father, that they would be humbled before you, that they would bow down on their knees and cry out, praise you, Lord, for you are worthy of our praise. Father, I pray that as the week goes on, that you would continuously remind them who they are in you, that they are your righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I pray that you would remind them that they are free. I pray, Lord God, that you would remind each one to take every thought captive, And if it's not of you, Lord God, I pray that they would deal with the thought. Send it back from where it came. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray above all else that you would speak into the hearts of these people. Draw them closer to you. Give them a strength and a courage, Lord God, that will send them out to spread the news of your gospel that we, as a body of Christ, would go out and win more souls for your kingdom. That we would go out, Lord God, and in sharing the goodness of your mercies, that we would see the numbers multiply. We thank you again, Lord God, for this time. And we ask, Lord, that you have been glorified. Go with each of us in the name of Christ Most High and all God's children said, Amen and Amen. Y'all have a great week and we will see you again uh, next week for our second to last lesson. God bless. Take care.